Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh, Meh. Textual healing. So do you guys remember um, Kid Rock from the <laughs> early aughts? I only know it because of Cheryl Crow. Thank you. Yes. And also I we did a we did a, a, a rendition of Bawa uh-huh. Taba in a uh, hunting renditions my live show oh nice um, sick it was i'm fascinated by kid rock he's like what you know white trash who like loves to play up the idea that he's that he is white trash like that's his well, thing even well, though he comes he's from money. yeah i was gonna say he's fake white trash i mean because he's from michigan and the whole thing was that his dad or his grandpa owned a bunch of car dealership so he's yeah. fake white trash which is fucking even worse but yeah. so gross you love that on the pamela so- anderson doc she like basically was like remember when i did that when they married for like a brief second she basically slammed him it was really funny oh nice <sighs> he's gnarly but anyway i haven't thought about him outside of like making his like parodying his music but very recently um uh he got very triggered by the most odd, like removed, far removed thing that for some reason triggered him enough to make a video about it. But what happened was um, this TikToker who I think we've talked about before, yeah. um, their name is Dylan Mulvaney. She's trans, um, she's famous on TikTok and um, is just kind of like a personality of sorts. So she <clears throat> celebrated 365 days of womanhood um, and posted a video revealing that Bud Light had made a custom beer can with her face on it to promote their March Madness contest, but also to celebrate her milestone post-transitioning. So obviously, like, you know, that does, I think I, I would say like, wow, that's like a bold move for a, for a beer company yeah. to do, for a, for a beer company. But nevertheless, like, that's what she does. She, you know, she's she does all these sp- corporate sponsorships and she's partnered with Olay and EOS and Netflix. So, and she's, you know, she's got a lot of followers yeah. and she has also created, uh, you know, caused like outrage before. So this, uh, this pissed off kid rock who, and a lot of other conservatives and a lot of conservatives, but specifically kid rock decided to release a video of himself <laughs> taking a gun and shooting multiple bud light cans while wearing <laughs> while wearing a, a maga hat 
and yeah. and then and he says like fuck Bud Light fuck like Anheuser Busch and it's just it, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It's just Grandpa is feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. Fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser Busch. Have a terrific day. The idea that this man, Kid Rock or anybody else, would get so mad yeah. at but at Anheuser Busch for again, like this is such an arm's distance thing away. Anheuser Busch put one put, made a custom beer can with the face of a TikToker who is trans. Like, like it's so many steps away yeah. that that mm-hmm. it still pissed him off enough to be like, I gotta make a video about this. What was so funny about this there was this there's a woman i forget her name now but she's running for like democrat running for state representative in virginia or something and she did a video in response to sort of like not just kid rock but the conservative uproar against this on how stupid conservatives are being with this because she did this thing saying bud light or anheuser-busch basically the first remnant of sort of supporting pride that they've done which Bud Light is at all prides, beer companies, alcohol companies. Yeah. They oh, yeah. Pride all the time because queer people drink. And they do that. They've been doing that since 1998. Yeah. That yep. she could find. That she could find. So she was like, not only have you been like drinking gay beer since 1998, but like this has been going on. They they even put out ads celebrating marriage. Forever. Equality. Like forever. It's not a new thing. But the outrage and the hatred for queer people is is new it's not so much new but it's you're you're showing it more because it's the encore idiot they even had this one where um this is not beer but they had like a like some sort of liquor i forget what it was and some drag queens from drag race were promoting it for and a month of the sale or whatever two years ago they get outraged now because someone posted on twitter <laughs> and they think it's new that shit's been out for two years and they're outraged now saying i'll never drink this rum again and yeah but but it's selective outrage but these i mean let's not necessarily say they're mad about queer acceptance because i mean this is seems to be pretty pointedly directed towards the yeah. trans community and i don't think they would be trans and uh, i don't think kid uh, sure i don't think kid rock would be a- as mad um i mean uh, you know, I'm just, I'm I don't, just no, saying, I, like, I, I agree. I think totally this agree. Is yeah. very specifically like, by the way, Anheuser-Busch said they put out a statement saying we work with hundreds of influencers across our brands as one as one of many ways to authentically connect with audiences. This commemorative can, this one commemorative can was yeah. a gift to celebrate a personal milestone and is not for sale to the general public. It's literally one trans person who has a lot yeah. of followers on TikTok who had a thing made for her by a company that she you know mm-hmm. sponsor you know works with us on a promotional level and this like they have they are such they are grasping at straws but like, well, it stems to the, 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 the conservative the it stems yeah, to- it, yes i'm saying it's it's all one big thing where they're all the, the, it to me i call the encore because it's like the the sort of talking points of like desantis and 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 like the, the push toward the far right has so quickly like recreated this this it feels nostalgic saying rumor and saying comparing gay guys to pedophiles and saying drag is bad and like but but i do think to brent's point that it is a very distinct triggering by triggering of conservatives to actually just at the bare bones 
celebrate a trans person doing anything. What's they are so-, so pissed off by just the word of course. trans. Of course. And and if you look at, I mean, one of the one of the hardest and saddest things you can do is look at the comments. I've I've met Dylan Mulvaney a number of times and she is delightful and and she seems it she's she's great to chat with and she's she's a totally normal human being she although, seems it, yeah although she's an influencer so you know how influencers talk they talk in weird promotion sure. instances but whatever, whatever. Yeah. and but that said if you go into her comments and you read how disgusting and how what what blows me away is it's always like someone saying something so offensive and disgusting about this person and you go to their profile and not only is it private so they're a fucking coward but also they have like a bible scripture in their in their <laughs> oh, right amazing and they're saying the grossest things about another human being but what yeah. is, what i find so fascinating about this whole moment from a political science perspective is we've seen over the years both democrats and republicans sort of get into the culture wars and oftentimes on the republican side especially in the last 20 30 years they've created culture wars they've created fake culture wars in order to divide people i'm thinking the marriage bans in 2004 i'm thinking all the little things over the years and in the past they've worked because you know the marriage the marriage conversation led to constitutional bans state by state in a number of states in Mm -hmm. 2004 but now it's a different it's a different world we're living in. We literally just a couple of years ago came off of celebrating of all people, Caitlyn Jenner. And that was sort of like the biggest thing in the news for like six months about how great it was and how revolutionary it was. And so we're at a different place. And I don't know if this new creation of a culture war is actually sticking with the general public because it's like, everyone's just seeing it as kind of- It's lame, it's old, it's boring, it's it's passe. And young people couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't fall couldn't less uh couldn't fall in line any less this is mm-hmm. so not on brand or on message with young people with gen z they yeah. do not care well, they are they're wildly uh 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 empathetic you know if not you know trying yeah. to be the most they, they are they are empathetic but they're also completely apathetic when it comes to voting so i'm not i'm not i don't think the republican party is too con- su- super concerned about that but i i i actually agree with the sentiment i think I think the last, you know, I think the right in particular has done. I mean, this isn't to say that I have plenty of complaints about left left leaning politics on Twitter and so forth. But I what think are the your right... thoughts on left wing politics. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to sit in a corner and think for three days to answer such a question. <laughs> but um, I think that like uh, the right has um, done a really good job of creating these sort of absurd, contrived social issues, like Alan said, mm-hmm. Barack Obama's citizenship. And I just feel like nothing, they, they're, they're, they're struggling to get another example of that. And yeah. I'll tell you what, Hunter Biden's uh, fucking email hard drive is not doing it for, <laughs> no. for 85% of the population. It's wild and- to watch, because this, this is a recipe that has worked for them. It just shows you how much Trump has changed the Republican Party. This is a recipe that has worked for Republicans for the past, since the 90s, and is not right now. And I wonder, I mean, you look in Wisconsin, we were just last week, the judge, the Supreme Court judge in Wisconsin, like you're seeing that these extreme candidates like a DeSantis, he's falling in the polls too. They don't gain traction when they go in this direction because most Americans don't fucking want 
They don't give a fuck about Dylan Mulvaney drinking Bud Light. They don't give a fuck. People, people, people don't care. It's very true here. But I do want to shoot the shit for a second. Do you guys like Bud Light? I actually, it's like my go-to beer. Oh yeah, I love anywhere. But it's, I, it's like my favorite beer. My best friend in the world, Lori White. She just moved into a new home, and literally, oh. when you go in St. Louis. And when you and in St. Louis, Anheuser Busch is like a huge, huge. I was gonna say it's stadium, a St. Louis company. So yeah. when you drive to her place now, when Michael and I were driving to her place and we got off on the exit, you literally have this massive Anheuser Busch like right there at her. She moved oh, down. Fun. So I am will forever. I don't really drink that much at all. But like when I do drink and I have a beer, Bud Light is definitely like my direction at a bar. It's just, it's just home. It's just Bud Light. Mm. Love that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care for, I'm not like a beer guy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I like, I like sweeter things. Uh, like you like a shandy, a beer. I like a smear, shandy. A no, no, I like a shandy. And I like when you take a light beer, maybe a Bud Light perhaps, but like a light beer, a Miller light even, and you pour a little bit of seven up or lemonade into it. Yeah, that sure. is, that's perfection. But what's so crazy even about this is that so many so like when they protest this, you have to protest every single beer because Anheuser-Busch owns oh, it's hilarious. Beer. Like at the end of the day, like that, that, you know, just to wrap up this conversation, like nothing could be more. Oh, you. Nothing could be more like genuinely lame yeah. and, and, and like tired and and dulled than the idea of Kid Rock jumping on the bandwagon <laughs> to boycott so beers that have been pro that have been pro-gay for as long as we yeah. can remember yeah. because of this one silly commemorative can and get it's so far spread far apart that like genuinely genuinely nothing could be like more stupid than kid rock shooting his gun at cans yeah. I, I, i'm <laughs> telling you i don't think that guy even has a hit under his belt like no, i just think he he's just he a does. guy he's one hit Baba well, Baba Booey or whatever ba it's Bawa called. Baba right? and then um, his song with Cheryl Crow is pretty popular. Yeah, but that's because of Cheryl Crow. Of course. Of course. God bless Cheryl Crow. Not even joking. We are here today with literally one of my favorites. Uh, this a writer, performer, just like perfect person. Isaac Oliver. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. First off. We have had many writers on the podcast, writers, comedians, performers, but none with a backdrop filled with books, which you confess right. the thing that I think as someone who uh, I'm, I'm a, you know, ferocious reader, I read all the time. Yeah, and it is we a know. lot of stress. Yeah, we know, Brent, <laughs> but it is a lot of stress to be, be like, oh, I haven't read all these books, but you openly admitted that you have not read. Do you think most people with bookshelves like yours, which is very impressive, don't read half the books that are on the bookshelf. I well, I don't know. I'm I'm I would like to believe that I'm not alone in my delinquency, but I uh uh yeah, I just can't seem to stop buying them and I feel like one day I don't know, it's probably something associated with mortality. Like I feel like if I just keep buying them. Well, cuz when you buy, everyone's going to think you read all those books. So you're good. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I've I've heard size of bookshelf is the new size of penis. It really matters to yeah. a lot of people. Oh my God, <laughs> size no. of bookshelf. And my actual shelves are very thick. I have very thick shelves. Oh, it's oh, thick right. shelves. Yeah. Al yeah. Alan brings like a wheelbarrow to bars to read books. Uh, while, hey, while I used to go there. to Nowhere Bar in New York. You're in New York, right, Isaac? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I used to go to Nowhere Bar in New York, like after work and stuff, and just like read because again i'm a reader and brent 
since I've heard that once. Heard that once. <laughs> heard that once in like 2006, and it has been the go-to thing to make fun of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's fun to caricature your friends, you know. It is. It is. But how would you, you? How are you? What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I put on cologne for this, which I then was like, sure. <laughs> Why? What does that do? But I don't know. I just you know. I live alone. It's 2023. I wanted yeah. to feel nice. So anyway, <laughs> I, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. Um, you know, now that I've confessed that, um, <laughs> the lovely lazy Sunday in Brooklyn. I had I was listening to Patti LaBelle on vinyl and what, what part which album? Actually, I was listening to LaBelle, um, mm. her her girl group, uh, yeah. yes. Nightbird. Nightbird, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Rest wow. in peace, uh, Nona Hendricks. Oh my God! Mm. Yeah, just the best. Um, Truly, you took now, the words out of my mouth. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, so now you re most recently uh, wrote on um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I love. I did. Oh, good. Me too. It's like the hardest job for a writer, I think, because writing one episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because of how how fast they speak and how much dialogue yeah. there is. You're essentially mm -hmm. writing three episodes. The scripts are ninety pages long. Oh Insane. my God! Ninety, 90 pages. pages. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, oh. they well, try. We try to get them down to 80, 80 ish, um, but they usually wind up being ninety. And but know. they do. I don't. It goes so fast. I mean, they just plow through it, and I do not know how those actors learn. I, I, they are just handed mountains of text. That's and why they win Emmys. That's why they win. <laughs> no, it's yeah. yeah, it's massive. That's insane. I have to say, I do. Well, like I. We didn't know each other in New York, but I fell in love with you on from your book, Intimacy Idiot. I loved that book. I thought it was, it's a collection of essays. It's so perfect. It's like, just you have to read it. It's just, it's just, I mean, you wrote it, so you don't have to read it, but everyone listening has to read it. And it is, it is just- Or just buy it, or just buy it and put it on your shelf and don't read it. I would take it <laughs> There you go. Well. Too. I like but that like, suggestion. The art of like, the collection of essays has kind of like, died off in recent years. You don't see a lot of like books of essays coming out. It's usually, you know, not there's like nonfiction on a very specific thing like salt or something. But I love like a great a great collection of essays. Why what what like Thank you. what would you want to do that and how I mean do you do you want to write more of that? I would love to write more of that. I um you know drained most of Upper Manhattan so I've now moved to Brooklyn uh <laughs> you know for for a second book. But um no I I started as a blogger, you know, I, I had this silly little blog I, I did while I was working my day job in an off-Broadway box office and just had wow. endless hours to just sort of go to the end of the internet every single day. And mm -hmm. then I, I just started writing little, you know, I'd gone to school for playwriting and was not making it as a playwright and uh, just wasn't doing any creative writing. And so I started on the blog, just writing little scenes, little things I overheard, little interactions with customers at the box office, um, things that I witnessed around New York and on the subway. And then also uh, scenes from casual sex, I called it. I was, you know, sort of the artist in residence on Manhunt and Adam for Adam. Oh, uh, sure. And, yeah. And Craigslist. Um, Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist, you know. Craigslist. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Feels a little fancier when you uh -huh. put the yeah. emphasis on the second. But yeah, and and I just you know began to amass you know a lot of material, and it felt very theatrical, and it felt very 
uh, readable. And so I started doing live shows and, and reading my stories and reading the humor pieces. And yeah, from that sort of put together a book. And I really, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a tough sell because I think a lot of houses were worried about, you know, it's very sexually frank, but I also think I, I try, I, I at least attempt for it to be, you know, kind of elegantly frank. Like I, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's not worth being frank if it isn't also funny or, mm. or surprising. And so, so yeah. Why do you, why do you, why do you call it intimacy idiot? Because that's how I self-identify. <laughs> and yeah. um, I, but, you know, but it I'm, sound, I'm about it's, Oh, sorry. Let me let me throw this out real quick because it sounds like if you use Manhunt and you use Craigslist, um, <laughs> and and all these sites, it sounds like you are comfortable with maybe nudity or or like mm -hmm. sexuality, but you're not comfortable with intimacy. Am, am yeah. I right about that or no? I mean, I think you. I, I think it depends on the situation. I I would say, but yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with physical intimacy and but but i find emotional and romantic specifically romantic intimacy uh to be really uh daunting mm, and yeah. i i have lots i, I have lots I hate of them both yeah yeah <laughs> i like how brent and i both went for a joke immediately after you said yeah, that we're such acts we're such acts i know <laughs> but you know i have a lot of incredible platonic intimacy in my life i have wonderful yeah friends many of whom are also gay men and 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 it just um i th that that has been really you know i'm about to turn 40 and that really you know i'm i i've never really been in a relationship and it has just i don't want to say eluded me because that sort of you know shirks any responsibility i had in the in the matter but um <laughs> i yeah, it it just hasn't materialized for me, but 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 friendships are really the relationships of my life. And, you know, chosen and I, family. I'm, I'm in a very I'm in yeah. a very similar situation. I've had basically one serious relationship in my in my whole life, and I'm I am you know within six years of turning forty, and uh, <laughs> uh, why no, are you but, laughing? Uh, <laughs> everyone's laughing because my friend my friends know better. Um, Anyone who listens uh, to this podcast knows that like. Brent will not reveal his age. And when he's actually <laughs> no. 83, he's actually 83 years old. People don't That's know right. that. You look, I, right. I actually, you look yeah. right for 83. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I definitely hear you. And I, I've had times in the past where I'm just like, what is like, what's my deal? Like, why am I never in long-term relationships? But why why do I also feel like I'm not missing much? And like, and am I crazy? Is it all on me? Is it is it just like, am I just like one of those guys that like, I've been, always been comfortable being alone my entire life. Mm. and like maybe that's just acceptable to, more acceptable to me than some other people perhaps yeah do you feel like oh. it's a um it's an isaac issue or a or a queer issue or i'm sure or a mix of both like do you feel like it's like <laughs> internal and instinctive or do you feel like it's uh you know i guess influenced by being a queer man yeah i mean i that's a very good question. One, I'm I, I'm newly back in therapy. Uh, hey, and congrats. you know, Lexapro was a single mother for a very long time, and now uh, <laughs> now I'm back on the couch, uh, giving, giving her some help. Uh, so, but I, 
Yeah, it's it's something I'm really trying to explore right now because I do, I do think it's a mix of both. I think there are certain there have been situations that I have really run from. There there have been situations that you know did present themselves to me, and I was really and they freaked me the fuck out, and I just yeah. tor torpedoed them and <laughs> ran away. And then and then there were other situations where I really put myself out there and really pursued someone and and. <laughs> and they were you know it was it was not requited so i you know yeah, yeah. it just i don't know and now i've moved to brooklyn and 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 i'm on grinder and i'm on the apps and there and it's all people in open relationships and i think oh everyone everyone paired up okay and my my mother always says to me she says well people are going to start getting divorced soon and when wow. they get divorced <laughs> i love your mother uh, i love and your mother and she, <laughs> And and she's like, you're really in your forties. Like men are gonna get you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like just. <laughs> wow. Well, you got the bookshelves. You got the bookshelves really already. Funny. People just come. I got your... the bookshelves. Yeah, you're already smart. Yeah. I will say, you said something goes up to the ceiling. <laughs> there was something you said that I really struck me that the about the platonic relationships and how. Yeah. Even though I think straight people also probably have this, there is something sort of really bonding about that platonic queer relationship that sometimes can stem from a sexual experience or sometimes can become a sexual experience or whatever, wherever the path, you know, it, it takes, but it is an elevated type of friendship that isn't, I feel like even the word platonic doesn't necessarily describe the friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it, there's right. Right. To it. Do you, do you, do you have that? I, yes, it's soulful. Like it really is. It, it is, it is, you, you feel like, sort of every part of your body but your genitals are sort of connected like it really or maybe your genitals too but um i just i don't know there, there's something about being queer and being outside and and looking at society through what feels like a pane of glass right and, and or shattered jagged glass and <laughs> um and and turning around and finding other people are out outside there with you. It's just, it's, yeah. it's the most wonderful when you thought you were alone and then realized you weren't, it's just, it's, it's the most emotional, wonderful thing. And it just, I don't know. It's, it, it, mm. <laughs> are we, I can't, talk, I can't talk to anyone like that. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> please, please, you want it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's actually something I'm trying to grapple with in, in something I'm trying to write now, which is really um, just celebrating gay male friendships and ce mm -hmm. and celebrating that that sort of intimacy where it is so physically affectionate. So, you know, I, I, so I feel like that's another hurdle too of just being able to sort of touch someone and and mm -hmm. hug someone and cuddle and caress someone and it's not you know that's all that's just what it is it's just the wires are interesting your, no confusion. your friendships sure. yeah it's intimate your friendships sound different than mine yeah 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 that's um, so funny yeah i mean i i i don't have that like I, I don't have that with my gay male friendships and i've always been like i've always just been like like not not, not turned off or judgmental just mm -hmm. like just sort of like i think my own 
being on my own outside behind the pane of glass being like huh like watching gay friends who like stroke each other or like cuddle and i'm like oh it's just it's a different flavor but it's like I, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but there's no part of no. me that's ever with any no. friend been it's like how you cuddly and intimacy. I mean, I think that's yeah, not, that's not that's not your love language. Yeah, yeah. Love it language. Is, I mean, it is with it is with like a a partner, a boyfriend, or a partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. with my friends, I've never, and I don't. But I have. I genuinely, I don't judge it. It's just so not in my nature to be like, yeah. you know, to be like touchy feely with like, yeah, fr- like friends. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it does very clearly resemble a of gay male friendship or a female friendship it I don't, it just feels like a, a a type of relationship and 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 a a, a a way of communicating with each other that feels distinctly yeah. um like a protest of heteronormative <laughs> alpha male uh, uh um you know hyper masculinity it, it it does feel like almost like an act of protest and what you were talking before it made me think of how uh you know, I think RuPaul has has said many times, like, talks about queer people by saying, like, sensitive souls. We're all sensitive mm-hmm. souls, yeah. and I and I the irony of it is that, like, yes, that's true at its baseline, but then I feel like you see so many pe- gay people, queer people, but specifically gay men, I guess, build up a sort of shield around yeah. that. Where I was, like, was going to say, yeah, they were yeah. a sensitive soul, but now they're there's a, a way of building up a shield where it's they're not, they might not be a bully but it's like a sort of yeah. uh, uh you know a, a, there's a power stance taken well, there's also just yeah. wrong get. there's nothing wrong with that shield either it's just sort of like like i think there was something you wrote in in the book intimacy idiot i feel like i'm forgetting the exact story but just the way you kind of like learned how to be sexual and you kind of got your sexual identity isaac and sort of how like you sort of like figured out the language if you will and how in a weird way there feels like there are different types of queer men specifically in that what happened to us sort of you you express intimacy in a different way and i feel like i relate to isaac and sort of the intimate sort of friendship of of finding that sort of like in the friend in the in the platonic friendships that you have and there is sort of an intimacy there but also just because it's not what you naturally do elliot or even brent like it does feel like something that you just learn how to do it differently. Yes. It's a way of expressing mm-hmm. it. And it's not yes. bad or good. And yet we it's all not... were made to feel like it's bad or good. And it's yeah. not bad at all. <laughs> right. That's it. That's yeah. yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, well, Isaac, well, I just wanted to throw this out. Isaac was obviously talking a minute ago about gay friendships. And, and you know, it's. I think as I've gotten a little bit older, they've become more meaningful. And I just, you know, it might sound a little bit silly, but I just want to take a moment on this podcast to talk about, basically thank two of my closest, most meaningful gay friends, people that mean the world to me and whom I've known for many years. Uh, my friends, Mark and Steve, uh, gay guys, <laughs> I know that they're listening right now. You're uh, the worst. Mark and Steve, I love you both dearly oh as God. a friend. You and are... I'm Ooh. so appreciative of your friendship. That was... Okay. Fuck. Expertly done. I was right. waiting Wait. on the edge of my seat for that. I know he and does that. He, he can get you that way. Isaac. <laughs> so like you, one of the, there's one thing that I do love about you is that on your Wikipedia page <laughs> under the personal life section, what does it say? <laughs> this is my favorite personal life entry ever. Oh no. Oliver, who is homosexual has said, and quote, I'm very proud to be gay. I'm very thankful to be gay. And if it were a choice, I'd choose it. Like, 
<laughs> and that was the only thing in your personal life section. It is so it is. perfect. <laughs> I didn't know who put that Wikipedia page together. It probably was <laughs> my old book agent or something. Although I don't know that he would say who is homosexual. Right. <laughs> Oliver, who is American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that does, that does sort of always, that whole like, you know, if it were a choice, there's always that conversation of if it were yeah. a choice, choose it. Like, do you, where do you fall in that? Because I always say the same thing. It's like, if I, I love being queer. I, I do. I love be it. Queer. I don't I love it. To be anything else. I would never choose to be straight, even if it were easier. Yeah. No, no. It, I, I, I equally am obsessed with it and love it. And I wouldn't want to be anything else. And it, yeah, if it was offered to me as an option, I would a hundred percent choose gay. I think it, it, I don't know. It's such a gift. It's yeah. a gift. Well, and anyway, how how i want I, I would love to know how <laughs> yeah, do you not agree, you don't agree. I, I just feel like it's i totally understand the ways in which it is a gift in that it affords you more time to figure out who you are it allows for a sense of arrested development that in some ways can be bad but in many ways can be good in that it like lets you off the hook of having to follow the blueprint of heteronormative society it it gives you quite often like the, a, a subversive you know way of looking at the world and like builds up your character i see so many positive things about it that make life more interesting but at the same time i'm also like it makes it harder it just makes it more challenging and and if i were given the option i, I don't know if i if I would choose the more challenging route just because it is clearly more interesting. Um, but, but, you know, again, it, like I'm only, I can only speak for myself, but it's informed so much of who I am in a way that is, I mean, you know, for, be for better or worse, it's like, it informs everything. And, and so yeah. in that way, I'm thankful for it, but, but it, it does, I mean, it is harder. And I think people often speak less about the challenge of it. And and that to me, I think sort of that feels that that feels unfortunate because people just sort of brush off gay now as like boring. And I'm like, it's mm. still it's still hard. It's it's still difficult. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it is it is not without challenges, but I, I think the challenges force us to to become even more who we are. Yes. Uh, and 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 the challenges force us to to really have a deeper relationship with ourselves. Yes. And and I and I think that I I I I see so many people and I'm just like, "Oh my god, they haven't looked inward in years." Yeah. And yes. And, yes. and certainly there are lots of gay people who prefer to not look inward and I respect that, but I just I think for me, and obviously I speak with, you know, a ton of privilege as a cis white gay man, but but I just, you know, I I would rather take our challenging route than a sort of, I don't know, uh, un uninspired mainstream, yeah, yeah you know, like a sort of a boring route. I, I don't, I don't like it would be boring. Yeah, I, mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, it would be very funny if if. It, it, I was gonna say it would be very funny to imagine Isaac Oliver in 
Zuba pants, you yeah. know, on a Sunday, like I camped know. in front of the TV, married, like watching football, drinking a beer, and having yeah. like the only book he reads is like the Da Vinci Code. Like that's another. Yeah. That's a. <laughs> oh, that's like that's not that's, every straight. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm Super saying Dan Brown being the straight man's author. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yes, it's a very surfacey uh, uh, generalization, yeah. but it is true. The idea that because of the challenge, you are essentially forced to look inward and to to either deal with therapy or deal with, you know, to deal yeah. with the, the, yeah. the, you know, the world and the challenges that it lays before you. It, 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 in a sense, it makes you more interesting. And yet I still go on Hinge and see person after person write about how they want to yeah. challenge me to wondering if if I want care about pineapples on pizza. And I'm like, are you gay? Like, have you faced uh, challenges? Uh, Elliot, Elliot has been losing his mind the last couple of weeks unhinged. and I am unhinged because I am, he is sending me and, and he's rightfully, I think, incensed by this, but he literally like curated a collection of like half a dozen profiles that all talk about in one way or another, pineapple Pineapples on, pizza. on pizza. I'm like, yeah, it's like yeah. I don't fucking get it. Like, it move is... on. No, I mean, I'm El Elliot. I'm in a similar boat because I'm, you know, hurling, trying to hurl myself out there, and uh, <laughs> so I can stop putting on cologne for zooms. But I uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I am on Hinge here, and it just, I understand, and I appreciate Hinge's sort of intent yes. of like we cut through the small talk we cut through yeah. the, don't just say hey how are you talk about the moment you've been the most scared but yeah. it just it, <laughs> all it does is reveal how impossibly boring most people are and well, it's yeah. just but that's something that my mother that game that gay men would something. be a little bit Elliot, wait, wait. Saying, don't, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I know, I know what you're saying, but I feel like there has to be something said because half the people listening to this podcast are the people talking about pineapple pizza, so we have to talk about them a little bit. In that, the people, and this is something my mother has always said, gay, straight, doesn't matter. The reason why the four of us react to the world the way we do and then do what we do for a living is because we are not normal. We're like, we're, right. we're, <laughs> we're in another lane of weirdness. So we're reacting to what regular people react to in trying to be quirky and fun and talking about pineapple pizza because this app is telling you to because someone like us wrote the app language that asked that question. So you can't now, like, you can't necessarily fault them for that because they're just being normal people. We're the weird ones. <laughs> Wait, let me throw let me throw this out real quick. And and I absolutely hear you, Alan. I would I would argue for all of those listeners who do talk about pineapple pizza on their profiles, I would argue that most people, uh, for one reason or another don't care about writing yeah. funny, uh, unique, introspective, vulnerable messages on Hinge. And they just want to talk about pineapple pizza. And because at the end of the day, let, let, let's be honest, we're not reading the prompts to see if we match. We're looking yeah. at the picture. Yeah. And so I, so if you do have pineapple pizza on your Hinge profile, we still love you. Uh, we support you as a <laughs> Elliot friend. Doesn't. Elliot but doesn't. that that said, I I do think I do think everyone probably could be challenged to write a little bit more personal uh, answers than than that. But yeah. anyway, sorry, Isaac, go ahead. No, no, I'm now feeling bad for calling all those people boring. <laughs> I I I the the. The blood is on Hinge's hands. I think yeah. the prompts could be better. I, I, I don't yeah. think that it's, I'm not saying that it's boring. What I'm and I, I'm not saying that it's boring or that it, it, it's a judgment call. What I'm saying is that I can't believe that so many people say the same thing, especially yeah. in a world where 
the way that Isaac described being gay, it does require you to be thoughtful, to think outside the box, to, to have to see life in a different way, you know, to, yeah. to, to have to do it untraditionally. And so when that is the case, I guess that's what surprises me that so many queer men, and I'm sure it applies to women as well, but that they say the same things. It could be about pineapples on pizza or yeah. saying they're a dog dad, or it could be a, a million examples. I'm just like, I can't believe that so many of them say yeah, the I'm, same thing. I'm looking for the Patrick to my David. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is really funny. Uh, I, I see that a lot. I see that a lot. And oh, I get it. I God. just read. I just rewatched some Shit's Creek and I wept. So I'm not uh, above it, but but it is just so funny swiping through and yeah. it is in it is in nine out of ten profiles. It does it does blow me away. We're, we're just a bunch partner of in Davids. Crime, partner like, in partner crime. In, crime. <laughs> in St. Louis, I remember I was just in St. Louis and I'm thinking of I mean it made me think of like us on the podcast because we of course you guys are reacting to people in on hinge in like big cities obviously so there's lots of options to do but in st louis literally i was there on like a tuesday night and there was nothing to do and so i'm thinking <laughs> if, I'm, if i'm a gay man if i'm a gay man living in st louis missouri on a tuesday night and my one option is to go to fucking emo's pizza and get a pineapple pizza and that's my weird thing for the week well that's what i gotta put on the hinge profile because yeah there's right to do right <laughs> it's wild. i don't want I love I just want to blow my brains out um but <laughs> <laughs> with that being said uh isaac it has been a delight to have you here uh you have oh, thank you the book you've got Int intimacy idiot uh available now you're writing you wrote for mrs mazel which is now the final season is going yeah. to be on prime right not yet april, april 14th okay so we're almost there you've written for yeah. glow and high maintenance you perform live yeah. so where would you like people to follow you online if that's something you so desire <laughs> sure that's something i so desire <laughs> i they can they can go to isaacoliver.com they can follow me on instagram uh, at mr isaac oliver oh, yeah. amazing wonderful thank you, thank thank you, you isaac. isaac i'm the brooklyn <laughs> beyond grinder <laughs> And another thing I just so I just wanted to have a conversation with you guys. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, your your drinking's out of control. Your <laughs> Elliot's Elliot's consumption of shandies is, is just unhinged <laughs> at this point. Um, it's funny. I, I still would occasionally check the numbers, the covid numbers in Los Angeles. And I discovered on the department, L.A. Department of Health website they're no longer even updating every day. They update once a week now. And that just kind of goes to show really how far this is kind of in it. I would say for me, it's like within the last six months, how it's become it just an afterthought of an afterthought. Um, and I wanted to see where you guys are in that process. Are you still a little paranoid when you go to really crowded indoor spaces or does it just never even come into your mind anymore? Um, I, uh, it's still in my mind. I mean, you know, my dad has long COVID um, and he got oh. COVID for the second time recently. And like, it's knocked him out. You know, he's, mm. a, he's 67, yeah. like super, you know, he's fit and, and eats Very well fit, and all yeah. that stuff <laughs> and all that stuff. And so like seeing him suffer from long COVID has been like mm. a clear a reminder yeah. that like, yeah, it's, you know, as much as, as much as it's like become, you know, second a, a, a second and an afterthought to so many mm -hmm. of us at the same time like it ha 
people have died. Yeah, it still it exists. Lingering, yeah. Yeah, yeah. lingering yeah. symptoms. So um, I don't certainly don't forget about it. And the last show that I worked on was masked every every i mean this was not that long ago but we were masked in every room on set mm-hmm. constantly so i think for me it's not an afterthought i still sort of like yeah. i definitely still wince when i'm in a crowded space oh, um and i feel uh i definitely feel like i mean i was i had took a, a my first and last ever uh flight on spirit airlines oh, uh, why'd you fly months ago because it was the only flight i could get at a certain time from Chicago to New York for to LA, excuse me. And I was like, this is a bus depot with wings and it is just crawling with COVID. I just, it just felt like (laughs) a COVID place, you know? And like, (laughs) but like there are tight spaces or or crowded places where I'm just like, this is, it feels COVID. And and I just feel like the the threat is real. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. How is your dad, like how severe is your dad's long COVID? Is he just kind of like lethargic or is it He feels a lot of lethargy. He hasn't like I feel like I'm feeding you ammo, but he hasn't worked out in a while. You know, he really <laughs> feels like 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 he gets tired easily and mm. um still just feels like a little fuzzy, even like like a little fuzzy in his head yeah. too. Um so it's it sucks. And it's been a it's been a when did he get it last? He got it last in um eight uh it's April now. So he got it in like February. Oh but, wow. Yeah, that, yeah. that does no. suck. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm bummed to hear that. How about you, Alan? I still, it's still very much in my head. I wouldn't say it's a concern. I don't necessarily worry about myself getting COVID as much anymore because I, I mean, I just don't, um, even though I probably mm-hmm. should because I'm in the se- sections of people who could <laughs> easily die. Um, but I, I get, you know, I do, I, I trust the science and I do what mm. I'm told to do, what I feel is the right thing to do, which is wear masks when it's appropriate and get the, get the boosters and all the things. And, but about what I will say that has, how COVID has changed sort of how I work is I sort of plan, like I'm, I'm aware of like when I have a big show, for example, I know, okay, I don't want to miss the show. I'm not going to get sick. So I'm not yeah. going to go out for like, three, four days before I have this show. So that way I just know if I get COVID at the show, well then fuck it, that's what happened. But yeah, but like even with this trip back home to St. Louis and having shows in Chicago and stuff, that posed a real problem for me because my family of course gets boosted and all the things, but my family's older and, and they have a lot of health problems. And I worry about coming from a, a, a show that's gonna have hundreds of people in an audience where I'm performing. So I have to kind of figure out like what I can do. And the best thing that I did for that was I got my booster shot a couple of weeks before going to Chicago before the yeah, show. In the hope it would prevent and I would try to stay masked when I could. But of course, in drag, it's impossible in these events and all of the things. But you do what you can to try to avoid it. And thank God, you know, so far, I've only been home for a few days, but no one's gotten anything. So like, I think we're all in the clear. But like, it is a concern of mine, because I, I have to kind of navigate it in that way that said as soon as i got back to to los angeles and a friend of mine a friend of ours texted wanted to hang out and she was like oh i i have a bit of a cough but i don't think it's anything and i feel fine like are you guys okay with that and i was like at this point i don't give a fuck now i'm home i can get covid <laughs> yeah yeah come right, on cough in right. my face bitch right <laughs> does she have right. covid no she doesn't she's fine. okay good <laughs> people still get it so it's not gone you know Oh, yeah. it's, st- it's still around. It's it's been pretty it's been pretty stagnant now for for a while. But yeah, yeah. it's still around. But it it does it doesn't really concern me much anymore. I yeah. think when I got it in December and I had a mild case, thankfully, 
Um, I just was like, all right, uh, you know, I don't know. Just in my, my head, it just yeah. kind of like it just evaporated. In, like when your parents visit, like do you, like the, do those things factor in in so, certain situations? You know what I mean? At one point, we were waiting in line in at the Star Wars line uh, in Disneyland, and there was a few points where we were in fairly confined spaces, and I was. Yeah. I got a, I, I, I had, I, it, it was a passing thought at that point, but everything else, you know, I, it just, yeah. it doesn't worry me. Uh, yeah. But that said, I'm hearing what Ellie just said, maybe I'll encourage my parents just to get their updated vax again. Yeah. Why not? Um, yeah. yeah why I not? just hope I don't get COVID on my birthday again. That's all I, <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that's right. That, that yeah, really did suck. Yeah. It happens though. I wonder, I mean, I wonder where you got it from, Elliot. Were you like, were you with a bunch of men or something like five days before? <laughs> a bunch of men. <laughs> oh, so a bunch of people. No, a bunch of men. Definitely a bunch of men. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I may be one of the biggest supporters of Donald Trump ever, but even I think Kid Rock sucks. <laughs> <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, does Isaac know that the woman who plays Mrs. Maisel is not Jewish? And I'd say, yes, he, he knows. He knows she's not Jewish. <laughs> we all know by now that she's not Jewish. How about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, you know, I think Isaac was onto something. I mean, your Uncle Ray and I are basically platonic at this point. The last time we had sex, Reagan was president. Oh, it's been a while. Quite some time. Uh, hey, guys, I, I got to run. I need to make dinner and watch a couple episodes of Court Cam tonight. <laughs> Have um, fun. But uh, yeah, so it's subscribe to our Patreon, I guess. He's been keep bringing it up busy. at the very Brent's end. going to be busy. <laughs> Thank you.